Welcome to Core Nourishment. I'm Annie Wagner, your host. This podcast is designed to empower, inspire, ignite presence, purpose, and intention in your day. Welcome back to the Core Nourishment Podcast. This is Annie Wagner, your host, and thank you so much for being here, for just being a part of this journey with me. I'm having an absolute blast of being back in flow with the pod and interviews. Um, and I so appreciate just all the outpouring of positive support and feedback. If you are interested in being a guest, please reach out. I would love to hear from you. And you can find me at anniewagoner.com or on Facebook and Instagram at Core Nourishment. So I had so much fun today talking and chatting with Steve Butzel for episode 42. He is an entrepreneur, life coach, organizational consultant, community leader, connector, and soon-to-be stand-up comedian. Steve is absolutely brilliant, bold, heartwarming, funny. His energy, I find, to be so wonderfully contagious. You are going to love this episode. We talk about all things from his participation in this Couch to Mic program to the pivotal moment when Steve was shouting out to himself and on Zoom to a group that he is a master creator of his life. He talks about coming out as a gay man a couple of years ago, his vulnerability, and the overwhelming support and warmth from friends and loved ones, and just the inner freedom and acceptance he is really, truly starting to connect to within himself. Some other fun facts about Steve, he sang with Mixed Company Acapella Group at Yale University. You have to tune into the episode to hear the infamous song that he performed solo for. Uh, Steve loves all various types of music. However, Fish is his all-time favorite band, and he practices meditation and views decluttering as a spiritual practice. He was former director of the Portsmouth Public Library here in the Seacoast and recently took an enormous brave leap more fully into his new coaching business, which he is calling Uncomfortable Fun, which I love. So perfect. So Steve is super passionate about connecting with others and guiding people to greater vibrancy and vitality and joy. So tune in. There is so much more I want to tell you about, but you just have to listen and enjoy. Take care. Excellent. Yay. Um, Steve, it is, I'm so excited when you reached out. I was I just was beaming thinking about interviewing you and having this opportunity just to dive into conversation and hear more about you, your life, your story. So thanks for, for connecting. Absolutely. It's it's a pleasure. And I know I've I've had the honor of being a student of yours in yoga classes. And then when our paths continued to kind of cross, it just seemed like, yeah, this is great. Yeah, meant to be. I love it. Um, so you you may already know this, and I think I shared it with you, but one of my favorite questions to begin with is, is simply asking you right now, today, in this moment, what is nourishing you? What's lighting you up and giving you joy and energy? Sure, yeah. Um, boy, this moment, there's so many things that are lighting <laughs> me up and nourishing me. Um but for some reason, the word comedy is coming to mind actually right now because enjoy, really joy is probably the better word 
Um, I've made so many big shifts in my life in the last three months, let alone the last three to five years that um, things are starting to accumulate for me in a really positive direction. And so I'm having more and more rewarding conversations with people and serving people in new ways. And I just feel very grateful, very, very joyous. Um, uh, and that lights me up in different ways. I'm, I'm participating in a, uh, a workshop called Integrating Mindfulness. I'm participating in something called Couch to Mike, which is um, a stand-up comedy little workshop, which has been really fun and quite a journey and very challenging. Um, that is amazing. I saw that and I was like, that that rocks, Steve. Talk about courage. Oh my God. It's that's interesting. Amazing. And I mean, yeah. I have people to thank for that too. I mean, as, as you know, I used to work at the Portsmouth Public Library and one of my colleagues had participated in that workshop and I was always intrigued by her sense of humor. And so when I learned they were uh, Stephanie Lazenby was offering it again. I said, I'm going for it. So yeah. That's amazing. Have you ever done any sort of comedy or stand-up? Have you ever gotten up behind a mic before? Not formally. In college, okay. I was I as uh, as we discussed earlier, I was in a singing group that actually did some a lot of comedy on stage, but nothing like me in a microphone. That is so cool. And yeah. we're gonna we're gonna table that uh acapella. Okay moment because I definitely want to talk more about that. All so, right. Okay. So keep going. <laughs> um well uh, let's see what else. Um I, I I am launching a new business myself. Uh I've I part of my journey these last several years has been working with lots of incredibly talented coaches. And um I've turned it around to now offer uh coaching services myself. Um which is something that I literally am on the verge of announcing to the public. So um, the business is, is going to be called Uncomfortable mm -hmm. Fun um, because what I've learned is that personal growth uh, is quite uncomfortable and um, a lot of fun along the way. So um, <laughs> you can't really escape either one. You, it needs to be enough fun that you keep going but it needs to be uncomfortable enough that you dig into the things that you've tried to avoid for a long time. So um, that is that's a fantastic a name too. Thank you. <laughs> Thank it. you. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's been a thrilling ride. And um, so learning to be an entrepreneur is also part of my experience these days. I've, I've always been very much of a organizational based job person. Um, so this is, this is, uncomfortable for me and fun too. So uh, um, yeah, lots of great things going on. I've, I've been doing more and more reading that I enjoy. Um, I follow the Daily Stoic. I don't know if you're familiar oh, with that. Yeah. And yeah. so uh, Ryan Holiday is one of my, one of my heroes these days, who's written, you know, a lot of great books on stoicism. And um uh, I purchased a few where he, you know, hand autographed them. And I was like, oh, my God, oh, that's so cool. So yeah. anyway, there's a lot going on, a lot going on these days. Yeah, a lot, a lot of celebration, a lot to yes, celebrate. And just, you know, listeners witnessing, I have the pleasure of witnessing Steve's facial expressions as he's sharing. And um, it's just like the energy is just pouring out of you. And, and <laughs> you can tell that you're so lit up and enjoy around what you're doing as as scary and uncomfortable as it <laughs> might feel too. So <laughs> you are um, surely walking your talk, Steve, which is awesome. Thank so, you. That's so 
let's go back to uncomfortable fun. I, that name is brilliant. Um, when, um, when did you first come up with that name and have this vision of, of offering coaching? Yeah. Great question. Let me answer the the latter part of the question first. Um, I, in the midst of um, working with different coaches, I attended uh, sort of a, a, many of them were on Zoom, uh, a group program where we were challenged um, to look, in this case, uh, at a lot of issues around masculinity, whatever that might mean for anybody participating. And the structure of the program was such that it was meant to be somewhat unstable and unclear. And there were a lot of people in the group who um, didn't care for that. And I initially didn't either. And I did a video, a live video for that coaching program where I kind of let the organizers, the coaches know that I didn't entirely appreciate what was going on. And yet I was willing to take the ride and I was willing to potentially be dead wrong. Um, and they were very intrigued by my video and they wanted to meet me. So I got to have a, sort of a private Zoom call with the two head coaches. And after talking with me, they said, it sounds like you ought to be offering a workshop. And <laughs> um, that was probably two years ago where I was getting nudges from my coaches saying like, you you ought to be doing this. This mm-hmm. is, you clearly are not just a client, you're a student. And um, you have a lot How of life. How feel in that moment, Steve? Like when they said that? Yeah, it was, it was, it felt like a great compliment. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a little bit startling, <laughs> um, but I went ahead and did it. I actually did offer my first free workshop and um, that was fun. Um, so it's just accumulated. The The experience of being both in therapy and also with coaches um, been fascinating. It's been a fascinating journey. And some of the coaches I've worked with have really challenged me um, to challenge myself. So somewhere along the way, it I kept pursuing it in very micro steps. And um, until finally, the biggest issue was, are you ever going to leave your primary gig as library director Mm-hmm. and actually make a commitment to doing this. And um, when I made that commitment to leave the library, which was a huge deal for me, yeah. um, it you meant... You were there for years, right? Eight yeah, years almost 14 years. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, wow. So then it became a journey of, are you really committed to going into coaching? And and I am. <laughs> I've you did discovered. it. So I'm grateful to that that nudge that, uh, that I was given that day. And leaning into uncomfortable fun. Here you are. <laughs> yes. And that's, so that's, I mean, uh, it just seemed like the paradoxes in life are everywhere. Right. So why not have the name of a business that is sort of paradoxical? Like yes. why would you want to sell somebody or share somebody or encourage somebody to do something with you? That's going to be uncomfortable. That's not usually what businesses do, right? They're like, <laughs> come to the beaches where we will give you drinks and food. And, <laughs> right. And I'm here telling you it's going to be uncomfortable, but yeah. it's also going to be fun. But I, that's sort of the kind of truth telling that is required. So that's where it came from. And I feel that like so strongly, Steve, like it's, it's, 
that's day-to-day life, you know, it's, Mm. you know, we can, as humans, like want to just constantly spend time and energy running away from all those uncomfortable things, which we all, oh my gosh, I I definitely was doing that yesterday. (laughs) You know, it's like, (laughs) like every day can catch ourselves doing that. But, you know, and sounds so cliche, but when I think back in my life, when I've learned the most and actually in the end could say I had the most fun was when things were pretty tough and uncomfortable. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. So I, I love it, that invitation and, and also your warmth around it, you know, and you're also coming from a place of, you know, authenticity and courage of like, Hey, I've been through this. I'm, I'm still going through this. I'm still practicing the learning. So um, the realness about it is, is awesome. And I really respect that. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, the message I've always received is that you need to keep doing your own work, whether you're in any social service role or personal growth role, you're, you're never done. So yeah, absolutely. You need to keep being a part of the process yourself too. So Wait, yeah. you mean, so I can't like sign up for coaching sessions with you. You're not going to just like fix me and I'm going <laughs> to ma- like master my, my issues and be done. Like, right. <laughs> it's like, I had, it's like, Kath, I had, there was one person who seemed to be interested at one point having a conversation with me and, um, in a nutshell, it seemed like they wanted to buy my confidence. And, um, I was <laughs> like, that was afterwards, but it was sort of like, this is a journey and it's more about you and your commitment right. to yourself. I'm here to be a guide along the way. Um, I might model things for you, but, uh, but primarily I'm here to help you discover where you want to go and what's involved in doing that. So, Right. No, I don't have a, a box that I, I mail to a client and he'd say, here you go. You're here's, ready to here's go. Here's your instructions booklet for life and your toolbox. You've got it. Right. <laughs> I, right. I joke around with, uh, you know, my kids or my clients sometimes about that. Like, okay, I know. I'm sorry. I lost that instructions booklet for this juncture. Like, you know, <laughs> but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll find it together. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. Create yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So Steve, you mentioned that through all the various coaches you've had, um, you know, they really challenged you in in a powerful way to to kind of get to where you're at right now. Do you have a specific like example that comes to mind? You know, if you close your eyes and like think about like a specific either question that one of them asked you or pivotal moment um, in their style of coaching that really like helped you um, on this path. Wow. And I know that there are probably a few, but I'm just curious if any. Sure. Yeah. Um, boy, so many come to mind, but there's one in particular where, um, uh, I came out as a gay man a couple of years ago. Um, and I was working with a community of gay men, um, and the leader of our group, um, amongst other things came across, communicated to us that we are the master creator of our lives. And he had us kind of like on zoom, like stand up and shout it at the top of our lungs. And this was the accumulation of a lot of work. So it wasn't just like on day one, like, Hey, you're the master. Creator of your life. It was, there was a lot of discussion that led to that, but I've always, um, I mean, even before our talk today, I looked up that, posts that I made on Facebook where I talked about that a little bit, because I think that uh, outlook on life is not a very familiar one to people um, in our society, at least. Um, 
my circle, my bubble, whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's a um, challenge for people to own that responsibility for and capacity to be the creator of their life. And boy, did I not buy that for a long time. I was like, mm, no, there's a lot more complexity to it than that. And there is. But in the end, when that message sank in that um, it was really within my capacity to make choices and decisions and take responsibility, not just for my actions, but my emotions, how I react to situations, how I prepare, that really life is more of a creative process than a reactive process. That's, uh, or what I should say, a, a productive, healthier life is led that way in my view. So yeah. I would say when we stood up as a group and 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 hollered at the top of our lungs, I am the master creator of my life. Yes. That was, that was an epic moment. <laughs> I have the chills. I'm imagining. So in that moment, when you stood up and did that and, and everyone else on Zoom was doing that, um, did that feel like, were you buying it then? Were you like, okay, I'm actually feeling this now? Pretty much. Yeah. Especially yeah. The, the camaraderie of the group yeah. and yeah. getting to that point. So uh, I would say yes. Any yeah. defenses or resistance was pretty much let go of in that moment. I feel like that would be such an incredible practice for all of us to do mm. every day, like to get up and and perhaps even look in the mirror and like, you know, rem- like feel that and remind ourselves as, as uncomfortable as that mm-hmm. <laughs> most likely would be for most people listening um, and myself included. Like I, 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 I'm going to walk away from our conversation today thinking, all right, that's one I'm going to share with my kids and, and practice. Great. See how that feels. Right. So, I mean, yeah. the flip side of it, because these things are so nuanced that some people might hear that and think, what an arrogant thing to say. Um, hmm. And, or what a simplistic thing to say and complicated nuances and complicated philosophical stances are not easily summarized or defended and nor should they be. But um, I don't, I view it as very, a very affirming statement and it doesn't uh, overlook the fact that it, by being the master creator of your life, doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It just means that you are more empowered to develop a life of, of contentment and joy impossibility then you might think otherwise because there's so many other reasons to give in to why we are you know victims of certain structural systems in the world or whatever it takes a certain degree say while that's all true in some ways my point of view is i get to create my life and uh so that's priceless for me yeah yeah, I agree, Steve. I think, you know, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, and I, I strongly believe it, it's a reminder that we can get back behind the driver's seat in our mm-hmm. life. Like, I think every day, you know, I think we can go through the roller coaster of at times feeling like a victim, you know, to something or to our schedule or to tasks or to what we're doing. But the reminder, you know, to pull back and remember, we, we have, we have choice, <laughs> we have choices. And, right, and right. I know, again, um, based on people's lives and privilege and, and a lot of different totally. factors that at times it can, it's easy to feel very stuck. Um, so I, yeah. I have a lot of compassion for that, but I love, I love that statement. Cause to me, I believe it's very affirming and, and just powerful and the reminder of, okay, 
I am the creator. I have choice. Um, what, you know, kind of that going back to the initial question, like what are, what are you doing today? That's lighting you up. And if, if, you know, if you're, if someone's struggling with that answer, then I think there's wisdom right there, you know, and an an invitation to, to make some changes or to make some different choices. So I I agree. Yeah. I agree. I I could go on all day, but I I know, I know. I'm like, this is so exciting. (laughs) So um, one thing I, I did notice, you know, I was, I was looking at, some of your posts and just, I feel so inspired by what you share. Um, and what you, especially in the last, I mean, well, yeah, in the last few years, there's you, you've really, you're showing up, um, really powerfully and fully and with a lot of authenticity, Steve. And one of the posts that caught my attention that I loved was just this idea of a conversation you had with someone about being, being a revolutionary and, Mm. um, seeing the world in like through a different lens and it comes back to what you are talking about right now through kind of coming back into creativity and um, empowerment. But I'm curious to know um, if you want, if you would expand a little bit more on that. Yeah, sure. That was actually quite recent. Um, I have been part of a, I'm participating in a regional leadership group um, here in the seacoast and uh, we get to hear a lot of wonderful presenters on different topics. And one of the presenters was, um, um, I, I don't know the exact name of the school right now, but nevertheless, leading uh, a very creative, innovative approach to education for particularly younger children, but also ultimately up through middle grades and maybe high school. And she, um, her name is Sarah, and Sarah was very passionate about that this is really a movement for her. And um, um, and I, I loved the fact that she was so bold, um, that she is very sort of spiritually inclined and um, that our paths have crossed for a reason, we both feel. And um, so when she talked about it almost as sort of like a, a revolutionary idea, that what they're trying to pursue, um, as I wrote in Facebook at first, I was like, whoa, that's, that's that word. That's a little edgy. But the more time I spent with her, the more I thought, no, she's, she's right on. And, um, not, not from a place of anger and, um, revenge or, or negativity, but very much from a place of loving positivity. And, um, uh, and so I shared with her a little bit of my interest in, uh, the field of systems thinking. I'm very much influenced by a great friend of mine named Bert Cohen, who's a mentor of mine and a wonderful man. Um, and so when I look, we Sarah and I were talking about the large systems at play just within, let's say, the education system and the funding of education and the politics of education and within the field of education between teachers and administrators and students and just you know, it's so complex. Yeah. And um, again, it's this opportunity to look at a massive challenge as either a huge problem or a huge opportunity. And she's choosing to look at it as a wonderful opportunity. And um, that's where she and I are on the same page. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Uh, especially as a former school teacher myself, I, um, long ago, but nevertheless, just philosophically, it was great to meet somebody who challenged me um, 
But then I realized the more I listened um, that we were pretty much coming at life with the same point of view. And that was kind of beautiful. Yeah, I love that. So as opposed to just feeling like enraged and angry at the system and um, at the issue, the problem, it's like, okay, recognizing, okay, there's a, there's a major problem. However, what are we going to do with this energy and these (laughs) and our beliefs and and what can we, how can we channel for betterment? So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And and every, you know, my feeling is that, and especially having been like the director of a public library, a city department head, having had constituents who were library card holders and staff and other city staff and trustees and whoever my fellow librarians, everyone has an opinion. (laughs) Everyone has a lived experience. Everyone has an idea of how they should be treated justly. And um, not everyone's going to agree. And um, so I'm a firm believer that you have to explore the, the broader systems um, to have an appreciation for how to go about constructively having conversations um, in order to make progress that's going to be lasting. Yeah. Yeah. And from from just what I sense of you, Steve, like your approach to perhaps looking at a bigger issue, but with a large group of people with varying opinions, um, is you, you, I can feel like are very inclusive and want to hear genuinely listen and hear people's opinions to, to funnel into creating change in a positive way. So, yeah. I I hope so. I hope so. And, And I think the other thing I'd love to add, if you don't mind, is that we have our own internal systems within our own psyche and our heart and our spirit if people are so inclined to look at it that way so like not only are these these external systems that i can choose to be cognizant of but then there's my whole internal operating system and implicit biases and emotional makeup and if i'm not in touch with that it doesn't matter how in touch i am with all these other factors so there's both the internal it's like the the personal growth the transform transformational piece you have to be willing to look in and then you have to be able to take the, the action outside of you too. So it's really all the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for bringing light to that and mentioning that. Cause it, yeah, I totally agree. Um, speaking of that, Steve, how, so when you look back to when you were younger, um, when you were a child, um, and growing up, would you say you, like you've, you've had, to, you know, you've been in touch with the, your internal systems and had, the awareness or the emotional intelligence that I'm sensing from you right now. Um, I know that <laughs> a lot of it is through our life experience, right? But right. I'm just curious to know, like when you look back at younger you, when mm-hmm. when did you start to feel connected to that? Oh, it's a great question and, and it deserves a good answer. Um, I think the truth of the matter is I, I was not anywhere nearly as in tune with my inner life Um as a younger person in, you know, school years, um, um, you know, I was raised in a, in a, a family that, that was, you know, supportive in many ways that was loving in the way they knew how to be loving, um, that valued education that, that made sure I felt safe in many ways and, um, cared very deeply about me. And at the same time, you know, there's, the truth of the matter is that for me, there were aspects of my personality and, and life experience that I didn't want to see. Um, and, you know, whether they were sexuality or emotional relationships, um, 
no, was not <laughs> highly skilled in observing myself and listening within. It really didn't happen until much later in life where an accumulation of experiences where that started to reach a tipping point where suddenly I was willing to do the hard work. And at the same time, I would say that my family um, were always, um, you know, introspective people uh, on the whole. Um, so it's not as if like I was raised in a family that didn't give me any modeling of what it's like to be a good listener or to be compassionate. Um, it, it's really more about the difficulty I had in coming to terms with the sort of complexities of what mattered most to me and what brought me the most joy. And, you know, um, for me, a lot of it had to deal with homophobia, internalized homophobia, heterosexism, mm -hmm. um, being for the most part bisexual, most, you know, and yeah. there just wasn't, I consider myself someone who was part of a generation where there were no gay straight alliances in my high school. We were about the last generation there was no conversation about where do you fall on the spectrum and yeah. whatever you know so these are not excuses this is not to point fingers it's just that you ask the question and and i would say um no i was not highly yeah. <laughs> in touch for unfortunately for too many years yeah which i can imagine a lot of listeners could relate you know i think mm. it's, uh again i I asked the question with just curiosity and there's, and I can, yeah, there's absolutely no judgment in that. Um, sure, I think sure. so much of our, I think back to my, my own experiences in my twenties and, and I don't feel like it was until I was in my thirties that I really like truly um, dove deeper into my own work, you know? So um, yeah. yeah, I think it's, everyone's journey is different in that way. Um, would you say, Steve, that when you um, a few years ago, you know, came out and shared that you were gay. Like, how did that, like, I am just, I can't even imagine like how that felt in your body and just like yeah. how absolutely terrifying that must've been. And at the same time, simultaneously freeing, um, was that yeah. was say, the pivotal moment for you? It was very instinctive. Um, yeah. and, um, there was a lot behind it. Um, you know, a lot of people who meant a lot to me over the course of my life, um, um, we're on my mind. We're in my heart as I wrote that. And, and when I wrote my post, it, it very much tried to acknowledge it really, I, I made my announcement, I made my declaration and I tried to honor everybody who'd been a loving, supportive, kind person in my life. And that, um, that some people might not understand my, my journey and that was okay. Um, yeah. and that some people, uh, but that nevertheless, everyone was appreciated by me for whatever role they played in my life. And, um, so I think when I hit send, you know, submit post or whatever, it was almost like, whew, okay, good enough, good enough. And then actually what was more overwhelming was the phenomenal amount of positive feedback, which in some ways you'd think I shouldn't have been surprised by, but you just don't receive that kind of feedback very often. Yeah. And um, so, uh, um, and then it's it's also the start of a new journey. Uh, it's not like suddenly everything was crystal clear and everyone, someone rolled out a red carpet and I was happy for the rest of my life, you know? Right, uh, right. So, yeah. um, but it was, it was a pivotal moment. There's no doubt about it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Talk about, I imagine um, the words like compassion, loving kindness, acceptance for yourself. You know, that's what's coming to mind right. for me. It's like finally, like truly um, alive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. More fully, more accepting. Yeah. And um, yeah. It is. yeah. And I know it's not about comparisons, but I, I know that uh, every coming out journey is unique and, and it's, flu- things are fluid in life. I mean, I'm, I'm, as if we get to it, I'll tell you about my comedy stuff, but I'm going to talk about in my comedy set just about how assumptions in life often <laughs> end up being very surprising. And, and I'm going to talk about, you know, the assumptions people make about their identity and their sexuality and their emotional orientation. And, and I, I, I kind of discuss that we're almost better off just not assuming because you never know, you never know. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, there are times when you do know. Um, and so I'm rambling. No, no, it's, yeah, no, I so appreciate it. And I really thank you, Steve, for being open to sharing, sharing all of this with, Absolutely. with me, with the listeners and everyone out there. So, um, yeah, it's, I, I just have so much respect for you. So thank you. Well, thanks. Appreciate yeah. it. About can we can we dive a little bit more into the comedy stuff? Just yeah. because I'm I'm like I'm witnessing your face and so excited. <laughs> so yeah, tell <laughs> us tell us a little bit more about that. And you mentioned it in the beginning, but um. sure, sure. Well, as I said, um, one of my colleagues at the library, who's this this incredible human being and very compassionate, very loving, very empathetic, also has this flair for comedic commentary. And um, so I would talk to her occasionally about how I appreciated great comedians. And maybe I had a tiny little idea for a pit for a joke, but I didn't have the slightest clue how to pull it off. And (laughs) so then this program, Couch to Mike, came along and I said, this seems like a good thing to try. And actually during COVID, this sounds like a non sequitur, but I didn't binge on TV shows the way a lot of people did for coping. And it wasn't until more recently that I decided I was going to watch stand-up comedy specials um, for, <laughs> quite frankly, for mental health, for, for happiness, for relief. Yeah. And um, kind of like with my coaches, when I watch a comedian, uh, actually most of my life, whatever I'm doing, I'm often studying what's going on around me. So I would watch Dave Chappelle or um, <laughs> just watch one by, who is it? Amy Wong, I think is her last name. Oh my God, these people <laughs> are brilliant. They're hysterical. They're performers. And in most cases, they have a brilliant message. Um, and I admire that. They're clever. Um, they challenge you. And there's so much to what's going on when they're cracking you up than just the joke they're telling. So this was like, whoa, I've got to try this. And, um, uh, and of course, it's been a journey. So you, I met a couple of weeks ago with the group. There are, I think, eight of us plus um, the coach. And um, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you, you sit down to write comedy material, but 
it might be funny to you. You don't know if it's going to be funny to someone else. And then you get together and you actually read it and you're like, boy, this is cracking me up, but no one else is laughing. <laughs> right, or, right. This is actually more of a therapeutic moment for me than really a comedy sketch. Mm. So then week two, I re- completely rewrote my material and it went over a lot better. So um, we'll be, we have two more meetings where we'll start focusing on really narrowing down our final set and then actually practicing performing it. And then we'll, we'll put on a show. So, that and everyone's got a different angle, so it'll be fun. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. That's brilliant. I'm, I'm so excited for you. And I, I am like, this is, th- th- I just have so much respect, Steve, because I, I feel like I'm, I'm just, I own it. Like I just am terrible at telling jokes. Like I, <laughs> I'm an, awesome put me in the audience and I will be like super engaged and right there cheering you on and like laughing um but I I grew up with two brothers and both of them are hilarious and my younger Uh, brother actually is he got his master's in improv theater at this small small like almost like circus art school called pig iron in Philly um he is brilliant and does a lot of improv um so I was like really good at like you know being on the floor laughing in tears but um so (laughs) But like I, the, the thought of getting up there, like just makes me want to shake. So you the talk about uncomfortable fun. I am, I have so much respect for you and I'm in all, <laughs> and I, I want to be there. So tell us when and where, like, yeah, this, I know not everyone's in the area, but for anyone. Sure. Who sure. It's actually two weeks from tonight uh, oh, the wow. 23rd okay. at 3S Art Space, and you can buy a ticket online. I believe it's paid by donation. There might be like a minimum, like $10 or something, but um you know, performers aren't getting any of the money. That's not the point. Um, and uh, yeah, 3S Art Space in Portsmouth, which is a phenomenally amazing oh, organization. Yeah. So to get to actually perform there will be so much fun. And um, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the funny thing is, no pun intended, is that <laughs> if you have the desire, Annie, to ever do this, that's when you will open door the door to finding out how you are funny because everybody, in my opinion, this is just my ramble is funny, has a story that is funny to tell, Yeah, but they might not think of themselves as like, Oh, I'm naturally a funny person. Right. I wouldn't have thought that about myself too much yeah. either, but, um, but you never know. You never yeah. know. So. It's so true. And I, I love the idea or something I, I'm, I try to practice. Um, I'm trying to practice more is, is finding the lightness in things. Like I, I tend to be a pretty intense, serious, you know, deep person. Um, and I, I have a lot of other sides too. And my kids are amazing at bringing out the playfulness and lightness. Um, but it's this practice of, of laughing at ourselves, you know? So I, I have, I love witnessing that with stand up comedy that, you know, I've have watched is it's, oftentimes relates back to their own stories, their own, you know, quote unquote issues and challenges right. um, and being able to laugh at themselves and make light of things that are so relatable. So um, yeah. So thank you, Steve, for sharing your, like your deep dive into this. And, uh, and also the, I love that it's couch to mic. So is it, am I right in saying that everyone who you, who is in this um, program with you have like are starting from scratch? Basically, I believe yeah. one person has done the same couch to mic once before, but otherwise, I'm pretty sure everyone's brand new. 
okay. as opposed to has a background in stand-up comedy or something. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So you uh, mentioned also before, and I want to bring this up just because I love singing, um, that singing is a big passion of yours and something you pursued in college. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I wish it were more of a passion now, but I can tell you a story about that. But yeah, I basically, um, growing up, uh, loved music. Um, and it wasn't until maybe ninth grade that one of my best friends came to the same high school I was at. And he had been part of a, he had attended a, um, what's it called? A choir school, a, a Roman Catholic choir school where he, he was formally trained in in singing he sang for the pope as a young kid I mean, like phenomenal he really 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 trained wow. so john kind of got me interested in singing so then i joined the glee club whatever and then we suddenly joined the sort of all-stars whatever you want to call it and yeah. and then uh my brother is two years older than me one of his friends um uh, went off to Yale and joined an acapella singing group and they came back to our high school and performed and it looked hysterically fun. Um, and they were great singers, wonderful music. So that's when I decided, I think I want to go to Yale if I can ever get in. And I think I want to join an acapella singing group. I love and um, so that's what I did. And I joined a co-ed acapella singing group called Mixed Company, which is the greatest acapella group ever known to <laughs> But um, it up, everyone. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Mixed company of Yale because there are other mixed companies. And yeah. uh, truthfully, it you know became a family. And um, they started uh, a few years before I got to Yale, and they really weren't that good musically, as they described. So they decided we better be funny. Um, so <laughs> they got known for being kind of raunchy and funny. And then more and more people joined who appreciated the humor, but actually were also decent singers. So that we like to think that by the time <laughs> we got to be seniors or whatever, we were both an excellent musical group and hysterical. Awesome um, hysterical performers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and then to take this full circle, like literally a couple months ago, I went back down to Yale to see Nick's company of Yale perform for the first time oh, in like 30 years. And they were phenomenal, just amazing. So, um, yeah, the That's flip so side crazy. of that is that I I did participate in a community chorus maybe 15 years ago down in Boston for a gospel choir, which was really cool. Wow. But I did find that I enjoyed listening to music more than performing it and the stress of learning it. Yeah. So I uh, have not done as much singing recently. Um in that, in that way, but yeah. I do, I do love music and, and musicians and vocalists. It's a huge passion of mine. That's so cool. So what was one of your favorite acapella songs you, you got to be a part of and sing? Oh boy. That's, that's an interesting question. I mean, I we, sang so this, <laughs> we sang this song, uh, it was usually the closing song and it was mildly controversial at times, but it was called Zombie Jamboree and we would all be like dancing and breaking out on it. And it was like this really rowdy, fun-loving song, which the key to it was that you needed ideally a soloist who could pull it off, but you could afford someone who wasn't that good a singer because you probably wouldn't hear them that well. So... <laughs> That was, was that. my solo. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was your solo. I love that it. That was my solo as opposed to some like really dramatic, 
romantic whatever solo <laughs> where everyone is silent and listening to you. Right, right. For me, it was like, yeah, Steve's having fun or whatever. But anyway, that That's was awesome. a fun, and they still perform that. And so the tradition is that um, for the final song, all the alumni who are in attendance get to come up on stage. And so here I was, 53 years old, talking to a bunch of 20-year-olds. <laughs> and so they're cute. like, what's your name? And I was like, oh, I'm Steve. And I showed them the when I was in the group. And they're like, do you know the song? I was like, yeah, I know the song. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I sang this one. That's so great. That's so fun. That's yeah, fun. I love it. The energy of that. It's it is the fact that you call it a family. Um, this that's phenomenal. It's great. Yeah. So what's one of your your favorite songs right now that you're listening to? Well, as people who know me know, by far the most uh, the the band that I worship is Fish with a PH. Oh yeah, okay. And uh, the lead singer songwriter guitarist, his name is Tranastasio. So, and he also has his own band. Um, so, um, they are someone I listen to an awful lot. Um, there's an up and coming jam band called Goose, which is sort of the new Fish. Um, and then I'm all over the map. So I love jazz, love rap. I love, um, um, I don't know, my playlist is all over the place. So, awesome. uh, um, but generally what I try to do is not overdose, well, I shouldn't say that word, not overdo fish as often as I used to. And I really spend more time with other music. And then when I'm ready to, I come back to fish and it's like, Ah, uh, <laughs> out and it's like incredible. So um, appreciation for it, yeah. yeah, yeah. The thing about fish that's particularly cool in my mind is that not only are they like improvisational, which is sort of a theme of my life. Mm -hmm. They're mm -hmm. playful. They're silly. They're generous. They have a nonprofit that their fans run that does all kinds of amazing work. Um, Trey himself is a recovering addict, and during COVID, he and his other band held these things called the beacon jams where all the money raised online it was all done they broadcasted on twitch or whatever all the money was going to fund a recovery center that he his organization is building in vermont so it's just you know it's an amazing story and and at the same time part of being a fish fan over the years oftentimes involved doing a lot of drugs yeah. So there, which was problematic for a lot of people. So I don't mean to say uh, that by any means that Fish is, is uh, I don't know, the only band ever worth listening to, but we're all imperfect. Yeah. And, and, uh, and the fact that Trey, you know, he, he's shared his, his uh, journey through all that, you know, through his music true. and has continued. And um, that's incredible that he is, was able to, through COVID, like help to, raise fun, mon, money and fund that recovery awareness. Yeah. I mean, he's a big advocate of drug court, which I just learned about through Seacoast mm -hmm. leadership. Um, uh, so yeah, it's interesting how these webs come together. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. Um, bouncing down in the room, that song, yes. uh, that that's an acapella song that my older brother got to sing. He sang, uh, in an acapella group also in college. Uh, we actually all did, or, did Fred, my younger one? Well, Sam and I did in college, but he oh, cool. sang Hamilton and sang that song. So that that makes me smile thinking of him and Fish. That's great. So great connection. Um, so Steve, this has been just so much fun. I feel like we could talk 
<laughs> we could just keep spiraling and talking forever about all these different topics. Um, one thing that I really am curious to know is in your everyday life right now, I know, th- I know you're really intentionally connecting with joy and um, there's a lot that you're celebrating. Do you have a specific ritual or practice that really um, grounds you and centers you? Yeah. Yeah. Increasingly I do. Whether I follow through on it every day is unfortunately not the case, but um, (laughs) for me, it is, it is meditation. Um, And um, so whether ideally it's a morning meditation and I have, I'm sort of creating my own little sort of altar or shrine. And I've been attending, as I said, a workshop called integrating mindfulness through a Buddhist group meditation center out in British Columbia, which is an amazing place. The Dharma teachers are phenomenal. And actually part of my ritual also, um, and it came out of this workshop is falls under the category in general of honoring our space. So um, that means actually my house is clean, although it doesn't look that way, maybe behind me, but um, uh, decluttering as simple as it, as silly as it sounds as a spiritual practice is pretty powerful. And so, um, yeah, I work on meditating every day and, um, uh, and honoring my space so that my home is now a lovely place to be. Mm. And, um, that's a reflection of increasingly how I feel inside. Mm. I love that. Yeah. I, I, can relate and believe to, I believe in that. Like my thought and belief is that everything has energy. Um, and, mm-hmm. and I, I feel like I'm continuously trying to practice decluttering the thought of like helping to shift the energy in our space yep. as well as release and, and also looking around and ideally it's hard, but like it does everything that I see in my house, like bring me joy. And if not, you know, being able to right. release that easier right. said than done, but, um, but yeah, I really, that's awesome. Yeah, it's really, it's powerful. And it goes back to that group that I, where I learned to be the master creator of my life. That was one of the first things that a lot of the guys were doing for our accountability circle were decluttering. And I used to giggle. I'm like, this doesn't seem like a deep spiritual practice in any way, shape or form, but it kind of is. It's about letting go and creating space for new energy to come into your life. And it's, yeah, don't underestimate it. Have you felt and have you really felt the impact of of that for yourself as you Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. At first it was almost surreal and then I now it's a practice. It's just a practice that I yeah. do. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's yeah. great. So another thought or question I just that flowed in is if you could tell yourself a uh, young child Steve, if you could say anything to him, what would you want to say to him right now? Mm. There's a vulnerable question or raw question. Um, actually, to be honest with you, he kind of speaks to me more than I speak to him. Um, if we're going there, I might as well go there. I have some photographs that my mom handed back, handed down to me of from me at my grandparents and me. And, and there's one photo of myself, I don't know, 10 years old or whatever completely relaxed, lying down on my grandparents' shag carpet, you know, smiling and clearly not conflicted about a thing in the world. Mm. And he is my best friend. He is my Mm. best friend. I look at that photo and I appreciate him more than ever before. 
And I draw that energy from him and I like to reflect it back to him. So I just, you know, I don't know quite what the words are to say, but there's a, there's a joy between us that, um, that I'm glad to have rediscovered. Yeah. Cause he's right there within you. That's, that's right. You. He's, yeah. he's more me now than ever before. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Yep. That's a gift. Thank you for sharing that. Sure. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Yeah. yeah. Mm. That's incredible. Um, so Steve, as we wrap up, yeah, when we come back, I'd like to circle back to this incredible business that you are creating yeah. um, and, and, and really getting ready, as you said, to like launch an offer. Um, right. Who who are you, who ideally do you want to help serve and support? Yeah, absolutely. The it's interesting when you go into coaching. There's often like this pressure to find a sort of niche, and um, what I've discovered is that I'm not interested in the traditional demographic niche or professional niche. Um, I'm really interested in working with people who are who have that inclination, um, that subtle instinct to realize that they're just not fully satisfied with their life, um, which is an awfully broad statement, but it's, it's someone who is, whether they're, how they're showing up in their relationships, whether it's a partnership or in their work uh, with their family of origin, um, whether it's um, uh, in their career, that they, they've started to sense that I'm not really as vibrant and vital as I used to think I was. And I'm not willing to settle. I'm not willing to settle. And mm-hmm. I don't quite know how not to. Um, so I'm looking to work with people. It doesn't matter whether you're a dentist or a teacher or a construction worker, or you're 30 years old, or you're gay, straight, bi, whatever. Whether you're married, it doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is that you want to go on a, a transformational journey and you're willing to um, work with someone who's who's done some of that work and is willing to support you along the way um, because you desire to have a more purposeful and more satisfying and vital life. And um, so it's a long-winded answer, um, but that's really who I'm really work, I'm looking to work with um, are people who want to take that journey. Yeah, That's really what it comes down to. And uh, I can't wait to, to find the right people who would, who, who feel like I'm the right match. That's awesome. Yeah. They'd be lucky. Thank I you. I can definitely just already just, you know, talking with you more and more, Steve, like you're, you have a gift of really connecting and present with people and, and you attentively listen and, um, I think it's, it's, I'm so excited for those people who choose to, to ask you for support. So, yeah. Thanks so much. This has been wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much, Steve. I can't wait to, to witness you flourish and uh, your business just take off. Me too. (laughs) Thank you for all your sharing today and your courage. All right. Thanks so much. All right. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.